Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome to the Whitetail Legacy Podcast. And we get the back view of him, and I mean, it's just a mega. 52 yards is a long shot. Uh, Magnum P.I., so yeah. we named him. No idea. Just but, a magnum. Yeah, just a magnum. Come on, Cam Ashi. We, we said probably 150, mid 150. Yeah. Same Doe from the morning come out with that nine pointer. Here, here steps out this 90 inch eight pointer. Like, <laughs> yeah. Ah. I'm like, okay, well, there's still a buck back there grunting. Yeah. And then out steps like another 90 inch eight yeah. pointer. I'm like, oh, all right. Yeah. Bro. Yeah. Bro. Yeah. You're like, <laughs> I'm like deer right there. Yeah, like, and he's 30 already yards. thirty yards. Yeah, he he was literally five yards from the base of the tree. Could have been had a buck down at one forty in the afternoon, back there deep on public. Three does come out pretty early. It was like 245, 24 yard shot. Sent the combat veteran, and I tell you what, man, dude, it just smoked. We always get so jacked up when the other person kills. It's just almost like we got it done. Yeah. And when you kill that doe, I was like, hell yeah, man. And we come down here to Missouri. My ass Comey one more time. I'm like, is it a good buck? And he goes, yeah, real good, solid buck. I'm like, all right, boom. <laughs> and the deer just drops. Sure. Super special to me. Whitetail Legacy Podcast, bringing you back to the hunt and leaving a legacy. Baller rut. This is a Whitetail Legacy podcast coming at you with a mountain lion hunt on the Whitetail Legacy podcast. <laughs> We're talking to Scott from Next Level Deer Supplements. Um, he drew a tag this year for a resident in Nebraska mountain lion. This is an epic story, guys. If uh, if you want to hear just an absolute epic grinding up and down hunt this is it so tune in we're going to get through the people to make this possible you guys are really going to enjoy this um you got vip yeah uh 
if you guys are tagged out on turkeys, which we're not, <laughs> we're still out there sending it, um, you can pick up a hog log if you have hogs in the area and uh, still continue hunting that way. So uh, be able to pick one of them up at veteranip.com. All right, you got the VIP shout-out. Yeah, this week's shout-out is Roger Harn. Uh, he served in the Navy for 18 years, said he has seen and done a lot, uh, enjoyed serving his country, and if he had to do it all over again, he most certainly would. So, uh, Roger, you know, that's the people we've come to learn that, you know, sign up, first of all, and then just keep continuing to serve the country, um, you know, year after year, and just like you did there for 18 years. Um, I can't imagine the things that you've seen or done, so... We certainly appreciate that, and um, everybody here from VIP and the Whitetail Legacy Podcast salute you, man. Yeah, huge, huge shout-out to you, man. Appreciate everything you've done for us my family. Uh, let's get into ECW calls, all your custom call needs, turkey, duck, goose, whatever you got to call them in. He's your man. Um, you got Exodus, Exodus Trail Cam Tip of the Week. Yeah, Tip of the Week coming from Exodus is, uh, you know, you guys are thinking about them batteries when it's really super cold. Um, those lithium batteries are also performing when it's hot. Um, I've had a couple cameras that weren't functioning right because I didn't have the right batteries in there. And um, Exodus says that these lithium batteries are rated up to 120 degrees. Uh, so most places in the in the country, you're not going to be up above them temps for too long. So, um, you know, just like in the winter, run them lithiums in the summer. All right. Don't forget Exodus, uh, five-year no BS warranty. Um, we believe um, best picture and video quality that you can get, and the render is a straight-fire um, cell cam that is – cell cams are kind of spotty, man. We've had a lot of issues with it, and the render's been rock solid, so – if you got any questions about Exodus, want a little more info, don't be afraid to reach out to us, um, and uh, we can we can hit you with what we know about the product and what we've uh, our experience with them over the last two years, going on three years now. So yeah, all right, uh, get into next level deer supplements. This is uh, Scott from Next Level, so uh, he kind of touches a little bit of Next Level on here, but we're gonna go ahead and hit you with a little info right here. Yeah, we're gonna cover their roasted soybean block. Um, it is a protein sub supplement block with all of the same high-performance ingredients as the feed and mineral. It is very durable, and it's not going to fall apart in the rain, which sounds like a great benefit. Uh, it's great for those hard-to-access areas or places you want to limit pressure on but still want to offer a supplement. This is also great to put in front of a trail camera, and this roasted soybean block is going to weigh approximately 33 pounds. Wow, that's a big block, man. I bet you that lasts a while. I know a lot of them blocks melt away in the rain and stuff pretty quick. Yeah, I would just my feel grandpa like is always putting them out money. down there in Missouri, and um, I feel like that would be a better way to, because you're trying to get pictures, you know, in certain areas, and trying to get those every angle pictures. Mm -hmm. is, this would be a good option to do it. I right, just get into Ingram's outdoor obsession. All your taxidermy needs, um, from turkeys to ducks to deer, he's got you covered. Um, check him out, Ingram's outdoor obsession on Facebook and Instagram, um, putting out great content or great quality, co uh, work and content now film yes. content. And, uh, I got that. I was going to say that, but you know how my brain works. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> I haven't seen any pics he's done. Yeah. No, the video's crushing. Yeah. I'm excited for him to break out some taxidermy content pics. Um, all your taxidermy needs, check them out. All right, let's get into the show. 
All right, we got Scott Christensen on the line from Next Level Deer Supplements. How you doing tonight, Scott? Great. How about you guys? Doing good, man. Just sipping on some high-quality rolling rock out here. <laughs> Finally finished the Woodford Reserve from the Freeze oh, podcast. Dude, yeah. <laughs> That's how long well, it's been in the freezer. Could barely get it out with all the ice build yeah. up. <laughs> so, feeling good. Been a good night. Um, we're going to talk a little mountain lion. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Heck yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're pretty excited to have you on. We're uh, You're kind of in our little snap group, so we got to see some live action from it but uh we never got to hear the full story hold on this is scott yeah oh like killed a elk in a cornfield yeah scott? that's oh, that's okay yeah. all right yeah. all right oh, i know who we're boy, doing now here we go <laughs> homie doesn't line guys up he hasn't he doesn't line guys up for the show you don't know <laughs> well we could we could talk about the mountain lion and and the elk that'll get nate real worked up. oh yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, talk about uh, Nate. This, go ahead and, you know, you guys have uh, been gracious enough to uh, support us in this podcast and our venture with uh, Next Level Deer Supplements. So go ahead and break down Next Level Deer Supplements a little bit and uh, let the people know a little bit about you and Next Level Deer Supplements. All right. Well, like uh, like you guys said, my name is Scott Christensen. Um, I'm originally from a, a little small podunk town in uh, – in Elba, Nebraska is where I grew up at, um, farm boy there, and uh, just come to develop a, uh, a passion for hunting. My dad didn't do a lot of hunting stuff, but uh, so I just, that's kind of got, that's how I got involved in, you know, next level and, and whatnot, and I used to sell for another mineral company, and and uh, then Nate and I, a co-owner of Next Level Deer Supplements, um, we both sold for that company, we decided to start our own company. So, um, so yeah, that's what we've been doing for the last two years. It's just a, uh, a hobby thing on the side right now that we're trying to build. Um, but, uh, I'm a full-time financial advisor, uh, is my full-time job and still a, uh, fully certified law enforcement officer. Um, I don't work a lot for law enforcement, just put some part-time hours in and stuff, but, uh, got a lot of yeah. side gigs. I was just thinking <laughs> today. Gigs, yeah. Yeah, uh, I was just thinking today. I was like, it's been a while since I've seen a Scott in a uniform. I was like, did he get fired? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I haven't. I haven't put any hours in up there. Just uh, they've got back to full staff, so so I just cover whenever they take vacation now and stuff. So I haven't uh, haven't put a lot of hours. I got to put a hundred hours in every year to keep my certification. So I'll, I'll make sure I get hundred hours in for 2020. But haven't put a put a single hour in yet. So, but but yeah, a little bit of next about next level. We got started back in. Uh, april 2018 um and uh we decided to just kind of go on our own do our own thing uh nate and i and and uh, we just been running with it and what the reason why we decided what to do is or start our own thing is just we're we're tired of the the gimmicks out there and and the way the the hunting industry is and you know it's all about you know making making a bunch of money and and uh we wanted to develop a, a high quality product but uh sell it at a at a low cost or affordable cost that uh, every every uh, working man out there could uh, afford to purchase the product and have a high quality product to put on their their ground and grow a big deer. So, so that's kind of a little bit about us. The next level and and uh, you know I guess that uh, kind of tells you a little bit about me. So, 
Yeah, one thing that's cool, you know, with the Snap Group is we get to see all the work you and Nate put in, and it's just like, you know, Cody and I with with the show and everything that we're trying to do and the videos and getting everything to flow seamlessly is like, you know, there's a bunch of work behind the scenes that nobody really sees, but um, with that little glimpse into your and Nate's world, um, really shows how much you guys care about your product and business and, you know, want that end consumer to have the best experience possible with your with your guys's feed oh yeah absolutely i mean our customers are our number one uh our number one deal i mean it's our, our number one thing is if somebody's not happy we're not happy and and you know the, the great thing about it is we haven't had uh very many complaints and and you know i think a lot of that goes back because we uh you know we're doing the right thing we're you know we're we're providing a high quality product and we're not you know not producing some gimmick thing or making you know making something up or you know we're just we're we're providing a high quality product and doing the right thing for customers and so uh, you know if you do the right thing you're never going to you know you're never going to get a complaint most of the time so yeah but. i'll say you know we're big on that we talk a lot about that on here so trying to do the right thing that's what we always say on here like we you know we do the the quick ad read but we're always like hey if you want to reach out to these guys they're they're normal awesome solid dudes that i consider really close friends you know what i mean and people that you know i got friends that i don't even talk to on a monthly basis you know what i mean and i talk to you guys daily or every other day you know what i mean i hear something from from you guys so um yeah no it's 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 awesome just to, i mean you know i i feel the same way with you guys you know never meeting you guys in person but I know, it's crap, so weird you know? that we've never yeah. I feel like everybody in there I've met. Like I've heard them talk long enough, but I've never <laughs> met them. And especially like Paul. We've known Paul for oh, yeah. forever. And I just feel like like I know that dude. He like messes me, asks me how I'm doing all the time. Yeah, super yeah. solid. Just super solid. You know what I mean? Like good group of dudes. But we can't say enough yeah. about you guys and the support you've gave us and and uh and believing in us and you know helping us out the little bit that you guys do it's it's pretty we were pretty one awesome. coronavirus outbreak from staying at his house i know <laughs> you know man that would have been epic yep. you guys yep. would have had nope. so many stories to tell about these two illinois oh, guys dude. that came down <laughs> <laughs> homie would have been oh, a bo- in a bush oh yeah i'd have yep. been passed out on white claws <laughs> <laughs> it's uh Oh, it would have been epic. That's for oh, sure. It, it would have been, been a blast. <laughs> next year, maybe next year we'll, we'll, yep. we'll play. Next on. year, we'll we'll see what they do here. You know, maybe yeah. maybe Nate, maybe Nate will invite you guys to my property for a mule deer hunt or something. <laughs> yeah, no, no kidding. <laughs> Nate Nate loves to throw the invites out there. Oh yeah, come on down to Scott's property. <laughs> Plenty of turkeys. We're like, oh, you know, okay, cool. You know, you know that guy. He likes to invite uh, other guys to hunt, you know, and stuff. But uh, he's hunted on my property. But I don't think there's ever been a time that I've been, ever been invited to his property. <laughs> there we go. Now we're yeah, getting somewhere with the show. Goes. That's how it goes, man. That's how it goes. Yeah, yeah they, they just feed it out there. Oh. All right. Well, let's, let's get into this mountain lion talk. I want to. I want you to kind of start off on the tag process because I was kind of. I didn't know how limited they were. And then when you got it, you're like, oh, it's go time. Like you were, yeah, it was like a week and a half away. So kind of go into the tag process and then right into the story of the hunt. And uh, we'll see where it takes us from there. Okay. Well, um, I actually did a little research before uh, we had this uh, podcast. So I I actually been talking to one of the wildlife biologists that I I know pretty well from uh, when I actually went to college up in Shattern and worked with him a little bit. And, sent him a few messages and 
found out that, uh, you know, I was curious myself just to know how many actual permits um, were issued out. Um, because they have it, what how how Nebraska does it is uh, they have a, a a season one which goes from January second to February twenty eighth, and it's a it's a no dogs are allowed season. So you literally uh, got to go out there, you know, call them in, try to try to harvest yourself a mountain lion. Wow. Um, yeah. Call them in. <laughs> call them in. Yeah. So so here's my deal. Like when I applied for the tag, um, uh, it's fifteen bucks to apply for the tag. So I was like, you know what? Fifteen dollars. I'll apply for the tag, and if I draw the tag, sweet. You know, we'll we'll go from there. Um, well, I applied and I drew the tag, and and uh, you know, well, then I was thinking, well, how in the heck do you call a mountain lion in? Like, you know, the first thing that's going to come in probably is a bobcat or or a, or a coyote. You know, so when I actually drew the tag, I I uh, you know tried to decide if I was going to go up there or not, and and I ended up not even going up for the first season um because the season is is held there's a north unit and a south subunit um which highway 20 up there in the panhandle nebraska is is what actually splits the the units um and so i had actually the north tag and and uh i was you know thought about going up there and trying to call one but i was like ah just too busy i'm not going to do it you know what i'm going to do i'm just going to wait for the dog season and so how they do this is uh is they go from that January 2nd to uh, February 29th there. Um, and if, if they harvest it, there's every morning you got to call in before you go hunting. If you're, if you're hunting, you got to call in to this 1-800 number or get online to see how many lions have been harvested. Um, and what they'll let you do in each unit, they'll let you harvest up to four total lions. Um, if they're males, otherwise if there's two females harvested, uh, before the other two males so at any point during the time that there's two females harvested the season's over in that subunit so um so that's kind of how they do it um but you know back up a little bit they issue out 320 i found out they issued 320 tags per unit is what they issue out um so if you apply for the tag um you're going to be one of the 320 for the first unit if they if you if you draw the tag um he had told me there was 220 permits issued for the north unit out of 320 sold and only 186 in the south unit out of 320 sold so there was actually more tags available uh in that first season but i think a lot of guys you know would probably agree with me um on how hard it is to uh you know probably call a lion in (laughs) and i i've never experienced doing it you know i've always thought well you know, this has been something that I've always wanted to do is go on a mountain lion hunt. And, you know, it was always just use dogs and go out there. So I was looking at maybe doing Colorado or Wyoming or something like that as a, as a bucket list thing down the road and stuff. So anyways, when I drew the tag, um, I, uh, I just decided not to go up during that first season. Um, so then we get, we skip up here to, uh, March 6th. Um, and I'm actually, uh, Nate and I are actually down at the, uh, Nebraska Bowhunters Association banquet. So to, uh, kind of throw a thing out there real quick for the, for the bow hunter association, or they call it the NBA here in Nebraska. If you, if you are a bow hunter in Nebraska and you are not involved with this organization, um, you need to get involved. Cause it's, it's just, I mean, it's a, it's a great time. It's a, a two day deal it starts on a Friday afternoon and then it goes all the way through Saturday. There's a banquet and stuff. So I, uh, I went to the banquet Well, we had actually a, a, a booth set up there for next level and uh on friday night they have a little uh uh hors d'oeuvres and keg beer kind of deal and we were sitting around drinking some beers and i was hanging out with a couple of my buddies that i haven't seen for a while and 
one of them being Trent Tobiason from Shattern that uh, he actually killed a female last year with his bow and uh, talking to them and, and talking to Casey uh, Mitchell, who's a buddy of mine down here um, in Amherst, runs a, a locker here in Amherst. And, and they told me, they said, Hey, do you, uh, do you have the North unit tag for mountain lions? And I, I said, well, I, I don't know which tag I actually have. I said, I, I said, I know that season's over. And he goes, well, tonight's the last night to uh, apply for uh, the dog season. And I was like, Oh, well, yeah, I, I, I don't really have time to do it. And I don't know. And, and stuff, they literally kind of cornered me and just said, Hey dude, if you don't, you, you need, you need to just apply. And uh, so you, so to go, draw the second tag, when this first season's over with, you gotta, you actually gotta reapply. And uh, so the South unit during that first season, they actually harvested, uh, uh, I believe it was three males and one female calling them in. Now, like I said, how do you do that? <laughs> I, I don't know, but, but, uh, uh, so I, uh, went ahead and started applying for that tag. Well, come to find out since the season was closed, um, when I got on the website, I couldn't get my permit number. Um, and so I needed, uh, I needed my permit number to reapply. So of course we're, we've been boozing since three o'clock in the afternoon <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, um, I, uh, I called my wife pretty intoxicated and and it's about 10 30 at night and i have to 11 59 that evening to get the tag uh, uh application put in and and uh woke her up and asked her if she'd go out to the shop and go through my uh hunting stuff to see if uh, she could find my old mountain lion tag from season one so she could get my permit number off there so i could reapply and uh i actually got her talked into it to go out there and do it so she found it she sent me a picture of it i reapplied and uh uh, finished drinking that night, having a good old time. And Monday morning I found out I drew the tags. So, so that's kind of how it all got started. <laughs> that's crazy. But, Down to the wire, so, <laughs> but man, it's just crazy that, you know, how, how life works out. You went to that bakery and you didn't have any plans on reapplying and those guys talk you into it and then boom, now you killed the mountain lion. Like, <laughs> yep. Insane. Yep. No, that's, that's, uh, you know, uh, I, I've kind of told a few people, you know, uh, the story why I wrote a little article up for the NBA and they, they published it the other day in uh, one of their booklets. And, you know, a lot of people have reached out to me and kind of said, uh, you know, how the hell do you get so lucky, you know, like drawing the once in a lifetime Nebraska bull elk tag like I did. And and then actually I, I drew that in 2015. And then the uh, the next year after that, um, I applied for the cow tag and actually drew the cow tag. And and one guy reached out to me and told me, he goes, he goes, I've never heard of a guy drawing the bull tag and following, following you to draw the cow tag. And he says, you're, you're one lucky sucker, you know? And then, then I apply for this mountain lion tag and I actually drew that. So, so I guess I don't buy no lottery tickets. So I guess these are my, <laughs> yeah. <you know>? yeah. <laughs> so, but, but, uh, so anyways, yeah, I, uh, I get that call Monday morning. Um, actually, uh, one of the uh, uh, Gaiman Parks, uh, actually, I, I believe he's like the fur bearer um, slash permit guy or whatever that kind of that monitors the fur bearer animals and stuff. And he calls me at like 1030 Monday morning after the banquet here and um, that gets over with. And uh, he says uh, about 1030 and phone rings and it's a Lincoln phone number. And and like I said, what I, I run my own financial service business. So I literally answer the phone all the time when a number shows up because don't know for sure if it's a next level customer calling or if it's uh you know somebody needing financial advice or or what but uh i answered the phone and he introduced himself and and uh 
I told me that I drew the mountain lion tag and I actually kind of went into shock. I, I didn't know what to say <laughs> to him. Um, he told me that the season starts on March 15th and, and this, uh, you know, Monday morning would have been, uh, that would have been March, uh, six, seventh, eighth. Um, and I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, Holy crap. I found out March 8th and the season starts March 15th and <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so I actually called Trent Tobias in who, who, like I said, the, the guy that killed a female last year. Um, and that was telling me that I needed to apply and, and I called him, told him I drew the tag. And then I called Casey and Casey's the guy that has the dogs. Um, uh, his dogs he got from, uh, up in Idaho, I believe. Um, he's never actually been on a mountain lion hunt, um, from my understanding, but his dogs have been on lions. And, uh, so I told him, I said, you know, Hey, I drew the tag. I'm ready to go. Well, <laughs> he kind of backpedaled a little bit, I would say. Um, you know, he was like, Oh, you know, you know how beers talk during it there at the banquet. He was telling me he's all, all about it. Hey, you need to apply, you know, we'll, we'll get you hooked up. I've got dogs, you know, we'll do this, you know? Well, when I drew the tag, he's kind of like, um, well, you know, I don't want you to rely on me a hundred percent. This is like a once in a lifetime tag. And I was kind of like, well, <laughs> all right, well, you know, do you know anybody else that has dogs or stuff? And so I started doing some calling and Trent gave me a bunch of landowners and, um, uh, the great thing about that was when I called the landowners, um, everybody was on board up there, uh, wanting to get these lions harvested and, and, uh, kind of get them out of the area there. You know, they're, they got livestock up there and stuff. And I probably called, oh, I'd say 15 or 20, um, different landowners. And I think I got two no's out of, out of all of them. Um, I asked Trent on, you know, I didn't know how many acres that all these landowners own, but I asked him at one point, you know, how many acres that I had to, to hunt up there. And, uh, he said, Oh, 10,000 plus, maybe even 20,000. So, um, so yeah, plus public land. Cause you could actually hunt the lions on public land this year. And, uh, in the previous years, you couldn't hunt, hunt on the public lands. So, um, so I don't know if you want me to just keep kind of going in the story here. Yeah, keep going, you're man. You're you're doing okay. good, man. I'm interested. Um, I didn't know. I don't know anything about mountain lion. I'm just learning like a song <laughs> yeah. over here. Well, you know, and I and I don't either. Like I said, this is a this is a bucket list hunt that I've always wanted to do. But my my plans were to go with an outfitter, you know, out in Wyoming or Colorado or something like that. That uh, you know that knows it and, and literally just tell me what I need to do. You know, here we found you a lion. Now shoot it. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so anyways, I. Uh, I got the landowners. We started call. I started calling Monday. I think I spent all day on the phone. Um, of course, I had plenty of other things that I needed to probably be doing, like talking to next level customers or doing some financial stuff. But you know, this is a this is a once in a lifetime tag. I mean, it's not a once in a lifetime tag in Nebraska, but you have to con- kind of consider it as a once in a lifetime tag because uh, they only give, like I said, four tags out um, to or four lions to be harvested during that first season, and the same thing during this dog season it's still four lions and there was no, no cats harvested in that North unit, um, during that first season. So, so they actually were going to draw four people, um, to do that. And I was one of the lucky four, um, to, uh, draw that, that, that second season tag, which they call the auxiliary season where you can use dogs. Um, so called all day Monday, lined all the landowners up, um, you know, talked to some of them on actually, you know, throughout the week there, and this is kind of actually when the uh, the uh, COVID thing was starting to kind of pick up and everybody was talking about and the schools were all thinking about closing and this and that. And 
And uh, I was talking to my wife and, you know, with me running next level and running my own financial service business, I actually worked for my home. Um, and so I'm my own boss. I set my own hours, do what I kind of want to do. But my wife actually is a, a teacher for the med center. And uh, so she was trying to figure out exactly if she was going to get laid off or what was going to happen. Kids were actually going to maybe, you know, get sent home from school and be home, have to be homeschooled and stuff. And so a lot of stuff was happening that week with me uh, having this tag and going, holy crap, you know, I, I want to kill this cat. And it's a, it's a 15 day season from March 15th to uh, March 31st. And, and uh, I pretty much told her, I just kind of looked her in the eye. I said, you know, honey, this is, this is something I've always wanted to do. And uh, I'm going to leave for 15 days and I'm not coming home until I kill a cat. And I didn't know how she would respond to that, but she actually told me, she goes, you know what, we'll figure it out. Go do it. Um, so talking to Trent, you know, we were, we, you know, with the dogs, when you're hunting mountain lions, um, you know, snow is a, is a very uh, important thing. And uh, so he actually texted me, he goes, man, you're going to be one lucky bastard. He goes, it looks like it's going to snow um, on Friday evening. Um, and so he says, we'll go look for tracks on Saturday. And then, you know, Sunday season opens up and, you know, let's, we'll see if we can find you a cat. And a couple of the landowners actually were sending me trail cam pictures of their, some cats that they got on lot or got on cam. And, and, uh, we come to Thursday, we're kind of finding out that schools are actually going to be closed. And my wife actually found out she's going to be working from home. And so she said, you know, we'll work it out. If there's any days that I need to go to school, I'll find daycare or find something for the boys. And, I, you know, having three boys at home, a, a, a nine-year-old, a seven-year-old, and a four-year-old, um, two of them in school. I was really worried about her finding stuff, but I was like, well, this is once-in-a-lifetime thing that I've always wanted to do. So, you know what? You figured out, honey. I love you, but I'm I'm going hunting. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, uh, I actually left early Friday morning because I saw the weather was actually going to be moving in uh, pretty hardcore uh, Friday afternoon. So, I took off and headed up there. It's about a four- and a half five hour drive up there and uh i got up there friday afternoon and it actually was just starting to snow on me when i got up there ran around uh met some of the landowners kind of got settled in um and then talked to trent there and he says hey you know let's just well, there's no point of getting up real early saturday morning let's just uh let's get up when the sun comes up after sun comes up and we'll we'll drive around and i'll show you some of the land and we'll see if we can find some tracks and so i met up with him about nine in the morning uh on saturday morning and of course like i said season starts the next day on sunday and we drove around a little bit and he was showing me some of the roads and how they kind of do it up there is you literally just drive roads and you look for a fresh track um coming out of the ditch you know a, a cat crossing uh the road and stuff and i to be honest with you i really didn't know exactly what i was kind of looking for because you know i before i went up there i actually googled what a mountain lion track looks like and you know, they're trying to figure out the difference between a mountain lion track and a dog track and, and stuff like that. And, and, uh, so we get to driving around and I'm, you know, looking in the ditch like he's doing and he's probably driving 25 miles an hour. I'm like, how in the hell are we going to see a track <laughs> driving 25 miles an hour down these roads, you know, and stuff Well, we're driving. And, and actually I was, I was driving and he was telling me go faster. And so we're driving and, and, Oh, it's probably been driving for an hour and a half, two hours, and we're going past this property that we have permission to hunt, and and a uh, hundred yards off the road, kind of on a side hill, and and if you know, if, I guess if you, it's a couple of the pictures I sent you, um, you can kind of see the aerial map of uh, 
what it looks like, but up there in Shattern, it's, it's, you know, it's pine forest is the, it's the, you know, up and down steep hills with, you know, big tall pines and, and it's forest service ground. Well, hundred yards up on this bank, he tells me to like, I I'm driving. He literally says, stop. And I hammer on the brakes and he, he points up on the hill. He goes, that's mountain lion up there. And I'm like, how in the hell do you see that? Like a uh, hundred yards away. So I sent you that picture today of that track uh, with my hand kind of over top of it. And it was kind of snowed in, but I, uh, I would have never knew that was a mountain lion track, um, you know, that far away. And, and this guy, I mean, he, he, uh, he killed one last year, but he, he's know what he's looking for and he lives up in that area. And, and so we walked up there, saw that track and that was kind of the plans. Um, we, we decided to head home that, that afternoon and was the plans to kind of go hit that area uh, first thing Sunday morning. Um, so I asked him, I said, well, what time are we uh, getting going? And he says, well, you know, three in the morning. And I was like, what? <laughs> uh, so you can't, you can, you can hunt right at sunrise is, is the legal time sunrise to sunset, but you can start driving around looking for tracks at any point that you want to. So, so I, uh, you know, go home that afternoon, kind of get some things taken care of, uh, shoot my bow a little bit, um, and, uh, making sure I'm, you know, feeling confident with that and, uh, go to sleep. Alarm goes off early. I meet him up, meet him and Casey up, you know, it's like three in the morning or three 30 and we start driving the roads looking for tracks. And I'm actually with Casey that morning on opening morning, uh, with the guy that has the dogs and Trent goes off by himself in a different truck, looking other roads, looking for tracks. And, uh, so I lead Casey actually over to the spot where we found the track on Saturday afternoon. And, uh, we, uh, pull up a different little road, kind of where these tracks were going. Um, and crazy story, like the sun's just starting to come up and, uh, you know, we pull up this road and I told Casey, I said, well, that track should, should come where kind of across this hill. And so he pulls up, he parks the pickup and, uh, I open the door and telling you like, how lucky can I get? I open the door and I step out and right between my legs is a mountain lion track out of the, out of the pickup. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, (laughs) you can't get any luckier than that. Um, so Case, I like I look at Casey and I'm like and I it's, you know sun's just starting to come up and so I'm quiet because I'm like this is a fresh track and I'm like Casey there's a track right between my legs <laughs> and he's like what and so then he looks on his side and he sees the track so he gets the dog out and his female dog the older dog he has he on it and she she hits on it um so I'm getting my stuff out getting ready he's he's getting ready to call Trent to tell Trent to come over and meet up with us and we're getting ready to turn the dogs loose actually and uh he gets hold of Trent and Trent goes, you know what? I, I think I have found a fresher track and we're over here on Metcalf road. And so them two talk on the phone back and forth, trying to decide what to do. And I'm like sitting here going, well, I just want to hunt, you know? <laughs> um, so we, uh, we decided Trent actually says, come over to the Metcalf. So we decided to go over there <clears throat> and uh, went over the Metcalf road and found this track. And that's the first video. I think I sent you guys that video of, of us just getting out uh, of the pickup and, the wind's blowing like no other, um, snow, you know, deep and, uh, put the dogs on the track and, and they start following and they actually lost the track for a little bit. Um, and I, I was kind of helping out trying to find the track again and, and Casey actually got the dogs back on it and he turned the dogs loose. And I guess the hunt was pretty much on. This was like at seven 30 in the morning. Um, when the, when he finally, when he took the dogs off the leash and actually turned them loose and like I said, I was behind them a little bit because I was looking at the track over here, trying to find the fresh track. And 
and because the dog kind of lost it well they found found it again and took off so i was behind him to start off with and he goes let's go and turned the dogs loose and he started hiking and uh those three videos that i sent to that snapchat group um that was me doing my little uh uh i need a breather and i can't keep up with <laughs> with the dogs and casey um type deal um but also wanting to kind of document the hunt a little bit and uh you guys saw the train that i was uh walking through uh which was unreal um going up and down those hills and deep snow to your your knees and and uh brutal (laughs) it was those videos were brutal man i was like this guy's working his balls off out there uh, i mean like me telling the story right now thinking back to it like gets my heart pumping because i uh you know i didn't think i was gonna make it (laughs) um you know only having a few days to prepare and not being in shape you know because like i said uh, you know i've always wanted to do this but my my goal was you know if i decided to you know purchase a mountain lion hunt somewhere i was going to make sure i was in shape before i went out and did it and uh so anyways getting back on the on the story and stuff um i would go down a ridge be on top of a ridge and i'd look across the next ridge where i had to go down and go up and casey was always usually about a, a ridge ahead of me um and i could hear the dogs barking and they kept going and he had tracking colors on them um so the dogs were farther ahead of him and oh i think that wind was probably blowing 30 40 miles an hour and it was burnt timber so there was a lot of down timber so not only was i walking up and down these ridges in you know knee deep snow i was stepping over dead burnt logs and and timber and and uh came to a point there um that i literally lost casey couldn't couldn't find him didn't see i mean couldn't see him ahead of me couldn't hear the dogs um and i I actually almost kind of got myself lost. I had my phone for Onyx, so I kept looking at Onyx, but um, there's there was enough snow, you know, in the big ravines and on the sides of the of the hills and stuff. But if you got up on the tops of the of the of the hills there and, and stuff, you uh, you couldn't uh, you couldn't see uh, any. Well, there's no tracks as you could see because the snow was had blown away. Um, so I was kind of getting concerned because I had lost the tracks and I couldn't see Casey and couldn't see the hear the dogs or anything and. So I actually started making some circles and found the tracks again, kept going, hiking and stuff. So long story short, uh, I ended up hiking probably, I don't know, I sent you a picture. That that picture where I hiked where from where we started to where I killed the cat was probably six and a half miles. Um, but I hiked probably three and a half of it and then got to another road, which called was called Beaver Creek Road. And I got to that road and uh, you don't have, and like if you're on the tops, you have some service with your phones and we didn't have any radios or anything. Um, so I started trying to call Casey and text Casey and, and text Trent and, and, uh, couldn't get hold of nobody and, um, was sweating, was tired and that wind was blowing. And so I, you know, I was, I was fine. I had some water with me and everything, but I uh, got to that road and Trent said, he goes, he goes, just stay on Beaver Creek road. We'll come pick you up. And so I didn't know what was going on if they lost the track or what was going on if they still were on the track or if they maybe treed the lion or what was going on. Well, a whole hour goes by. <laughs> I'm standing on this road waiting. I'm actually sitting and, and starting to get cold and down on the road here. Um, there's a, there's a culvert or a low crossing where the culvert is. And I actually was tempted to, uh, go sit in that culvert just to stay warm until, uh, I heard a vehicle go by or them come or, you know, where the hell they were at. I didn't know what they were doing. And, 
and stuff. So I, uh, I was thinking about doing that. Well, then all of a sudden this vehicle comes down the road and it actually looks like it was, it was trans vehicle. Well, it ends up being another dog guy that's up there. That's guiding another guy from, uh, I believe Norfolk area that actually had a tag. And, uh, and that hunter wasn't with him. He was, he was actually somewhere else, but the guy was driving around looking for tracks. So I start talking to him for a little bit and he's like, you know, you want to get in here and warm up? We'll, you know, we'll, we'll take you wherever you need to go. He goes, I'd hate to have you, you know, your, your guy have, you know, the dogs have a cat treat and not be able to get somewhere. And I was kind of concerned if I should leave or not, because I hadn't heard from nobody, but it's been an hour and stuff. So I actually got in the truck with him. We started driving the roads a little bit and finally got hold of Casey. And, uh, he told me, he kind of showed me, he sent me a, a screenshot of his Onyx, uh, uh, location and he was probably a mile and a half two miles from where the beaver creek road was and he told me he goes he said i'll meet you out at beaver creek road and i was like all right so uh long story short we went one way to where i thought he was going to meet me but um ended up coming around another way and found out where we meet him up at he comes walking out and uh he's kind of shaking his head and i'm like going what the heck's going on and stuff and he goes i lost the dogs and I was like, what do you mean you lost the dogs? He goes, well, he goes, my, uh, my handheld tracker, I don't have an antenna for it anymore. He goes, somewhere the antenna slipped off. And he goes, I can't track the dogs. <laughs> so uh, kind of the, the, the whole thing kind of went down the poop shoot kind of thing. I was like, holy crap. You know, like, what, what the hell are we going to do? You know, the dogs are missing and, and it's uh, kind of a shit show now. And he goes, well, let's just go back to the truck. Let's go get a new uh, antenna. He goes, we're just going to just go try to find the dog. So I pretty much uh, just come to the point where, I mean, this is like 10, 30, 11 o'clock in the afternoon now. I mean, been hiking for three and a half, four hours. Um, I just pretty much assumed that the hunt was over with. And uh, we get back to the truck. Um, this guy drops us off and uh, get back to the truck. We drive back over to the Beaver Creek Road where we where we pick Casey up. Casey drives over there and puts an antenna, gets it has another antenna, puts it on his uh, handheld and uh, tries to find the dogs and he's not getting any signal for the dogs or anything. Well, in the meantime, Trent has been kind of keeping in contact with Casey a little bit, but then he his phone uh, went dead. Um, so he was actually with a landowner was using a landowner's phone to try to get hold of us to try to find where we were at. So we were all split up, you know, and stuff. And, and, uh, he actually got one of the landowners, uh, to, uh, get their, their ATVs out and he started driving around. And so we had three side-by-sides out, um, actually driving side or driving kind of logging roads, um, and one four-wheeler driving along a road, literally doing a search, um, and all these, all these acres just to try to find the dogs. And, uh, the four wheeler actually was the best vehicle to have at that point because it was light enough to be able to drive over top of the snow. So where all these drifts were, where the logging roads were, um, he could kind of drive on top of the snow and these side-by-sides that we were in, you literally drive, drive the logging road and, and, uh, you just sink. So I think we spent probably a good two hours, uh, pulling each other out. Like one person would get stuck. The other person would pull each other out. <laughs> uh, it, and it was frustrating. I mean, uh, I was, I was in the, in, in the side-by-side with Casey, had my bow, you know, and, uh, worried about my sight getting knocked off because we kept hitting these banks hard and, 
And finally, I just like got out. I'm like, I, you know, you just, you can't, you go up that hill and hit it as hard as you want, but then I'll walk up there and, and meet up with you, you know, being dead tired from all, all the hiking already. Um, so we're driving through these, all these logging roads, you know, got stuck multiple times and, and, uh, um, the landowner, or actually he's not the landowner, he's the land manager of this property um, where we're at. Um, he comes driving, he's kind of by himself, and a, a three by side, the three side by sides were all together, but the four wheeler kind of went off on his own. And uh, he comes back around the corner and he said, I was driving this road and he goes, I shut the four wheeler off. And he goes, I heard dogs. So he says, I got out, I got off my four wheeler. He goes, I hiked up around the corner and uh, he goes, they have a cat treed. And I was like, what? So like everybody's face, like everything turned, you know, everybody was like burnt out, tired. Like, let's just go home. Let's give up kind of deal. Start over tomorrow. And and then he comes around the corner and tells us this. And so everybody was like, it's on, you know? And uh, so we got, he, we start following him and he's like, we got to go around this, clear around this way because you guys ain't going to be able to get around this way. So we followed him clear around with the side by sides, get up here. And like I said, he told me when he shut the four wheeler off that it's just up and around the corner. Um, so I think if you guys saw that TikTok video of me dragging that lion out, um, you saw how deep that snow was. Well, that was the bottom to where the last, like probably 20 steps to where we parked the, the four wheeler in the side by side. Well, he said it was up and around the corner. Well, so I get off the four wheeler or off the side by side. And I actually, I get my bow off my pack. Um, I knock an arrow and, uh, I'm thinking, hell, it's like right around the corner here. Like he said. But I can't hear the dogs barking. We hiked a half a mile through this little bottom with knee deep snow. Um, finally, I put my arrow back on my quiver because I was like, what in the heck? Where in the heck are these dogs and, and where's this cat at? Um, so long story short, we get hiked up there and um, I had never seen a mountain lion in a tree before. Um, you know, so I was, you know, I was huffing. I was tired already, but it was just a, uh, an unreal moment. Um, when I came around that corner and seeing those dogs, um, and I can't believe it to this day still that those dogs not having, you know, his, their owner with them or their, you know, their Casey with them, that they stayed with that, that cat at that tree, you know, until, until we got there, you know, the whole time. And, but coming around the corner and seeing that cat up in the tree, um, just unreal, un unreal. So, but, uh, you want me to keep going on here? Or, yeah, or, I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> deep in this. Yeah, let it rip. So, <laughs> I, I'm just kind of just kind of rambling uh, here, um, telling the story and not letting you guys talk here much. But uh, so, anyways, uh, I uh, you know not knowing what to do and and uh, stuff. So I knock an arrow, and this cat is literally probably 70 feet uh, straight up this uh, big pine. Um, and I'm looking at it thinking to myself, I'm like, how in the heck am I going to shoot that cat with my bow this far away? Um, you know, like I have a 60 yard pin, but <laughs> I'm not going to shoot 60 yards at him, am I? And uh, <laughs> so Trent gets there and he's kind of talking to me and everybody's kind of putting a game plan together. Well, there's a little ridge um, kind of to the, uh, I guess I would say to my east. Um, my direction would probably get mixed up if I actually really looked up there, but I was thinking on the east side of this tree. Um, so Trent and I walk up this, this big old ridge where once again, snow deep, you know, clear to your knees, your thighs sinking clear in and, uh, sneak up there. And I actually get up to, uh, uh, 15 yards. Um, well, 
we get up to the tree and on this bank, I, I pull up my range finder and we range, range the cat, um, at 15 yards. Um, and I'm thinking, holy crap, this cat could literally jump out of this tree and, uh, you know, come get me. Tear your face and, off. Uh, yeah. Tear my face <laughs> off. And, and so, you know, my heart is pumping. Um, and Trent, you know, like he's, like I said, he harvested a female last year with his bow. Um, so he's kind of talking me through it and stuff. And he's like, wait a second, let me get the phone up. Let me, you know, cause we didn't have a camera. So we were just video taping everything with the literally our cell phones. Um, so he's let me get it up, you know? And so he kind of does a little intro and, and, uh, um, says, well, you know, we got a cat treat and first day of mountain lion season, you know, and stuff. So I get an arrow knocked and he's like, all right, I'm on it. And he says, first things he says to me, he goes, do you have a 15 yard pin? And I kind of looked at him. I'm like, who has a 15 yard pin? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I have a 20 yard pin. Um, and he goes, well, he goes, just put the 20 yard on him and just see what it is. Well, I've never shot my bow up into a tree. You know, like I said, this was a short, uh, short, uh, time to really get, you know, ready for it. And I wanted to, I wanted to harvest this cat with my bow, no matter what, but I've never, uh, you know, shot up in a tree with the boat. So I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, you know, when you're ranging that close, like, you know, the, the angle of it, is it really 15 yards? Is it 20 yards or not? So, so I just put my 20 yard pin right on the cat and, uh, it, well, I guess to kind of back up, he, uh, he, uh, starts talking. He goes, well, it didn't have a collar on it, um, or anything. And talking about a collar, these, these, uh, the gaming parks, they collar some of these cats. And I guess we can get into that a little bit later here, but, he says it has an ear tag and I was like, Oh sweet. You know, it has a tag. And so he says, he goes, just put it right on him. 20 yard pin. Um, so I put the 20 yard pin on the cat and, uh, it, uh, it, shoot, it hits him a little bit high. Um, I, he's laying across the log and he's kind of actually protecting his vitals pretty good with his, his leg, his arm, front, front paw or front arm, I guess if you would say it right across the log. So his, his vitals are pretty well protected. And so with that first arrow I put onto him, I, I'm kind of aiming, up you know because you're shooting down below him i'm aiming up i'm trying to pass it through his bottom of his i guess chest cavity up through that armpit and then you know out his out his back or out his neck kind of area and uh, i end up hitting kind of high and not thinking much you know i i had my quiver ready to grab another arrow but like trent you literally yells at me and says grab another arrow and i'm like i'm like holy shit like i'm worked up already and he's yelling at me to grab another arrow and so i grab another arrow and i knock the second arrow um and uh he says take your time deep breath he goes aim a little bit lower so i aimed a little bit lower and that that arrow is uh was actually the arrow that uh would be the kill shot i uh i shot right up from underneath his uh i guess chest cavity his stomach and passed it right up through his stomach um and through his neck and holy crap talking about the blood that come running out of there um was just unreal um, seeing the cat, you know, up in the tree like that and the white snow turned red. Um, my heart was beating and I was like, yep, I just did it. I just, I just harvested a cat. And, uh, well, it goes on for about another three or four minutes. That cat doesn't, he's not dying. Like he's just, he stands up and he gets, he's getting really weak and you can tell he's getting sick and he's actually urinating all over the place. Blood's pouring out everywhere. And I'm like, why is he not falling out of the tree yet? And, and uh so finally Trent goes, Well, he goes, We probably better put another arrow in him. So I grab a third arrow and uh that third arrow I uh I actually uh aimed for that same spot 
and he happens to move just a little bit at the, at the time I'm shooting and uh, I hit a freaking limb. Um, but lucky enough that uh, not even after, you know, 15 seconds after I shot that third arrow, he stands up, but he, uh, he, he's fallen, he falls out of the tree. And I guess kind of to back up what freaked me out before I shot that third arrow, because like, like I said, it went on for three or four minutes at one point, uh, he stands up and he grabs that, that, that kill shot arrow with his mouth and rips it out and then looks right at me and growls at us. <laughs> yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> so yeah, I was, uh, I was pretty freaking, um, by the time, you know, I was grabbing that third arrow to, you know, knock it, but so yeah, he falls out of a tree and, and that's when, uh, all the hooping and hollering starts and, you know, and that's when the, everything became real and, um, you know, once in a lifetime kind of thing. So, um, pretty amazing, I guess, you know, put it that way. So, but wow. I'm so glad you came on and told the story, man. Cause we got like just little snidbits on the yeah. Snapchat. This is, that was epic, dude. So yep. epic, man. Like you went from like zero we're to a hundred. We're on it. Yeah. We, we ain't shit. We're, <laughs> we're going to die. I'm going to free. Luckily that guy, you met that guy on the road. Shout out to him for giving you a ride. Cause yeah, how far, yeah, no, how that's... far from when you got that ride, did you end up finding the dogs? Uh, we probably drove, um, I drove, well, he, when I rode with him, we probably drove a mile North on Beaver Creek road before we found Casey picked up Casey, um, where he kind of walked out at. Um, so, so yeah, I would have had to walk another mile. Um, and I guess something, I guess kind of back up on that. Um, so we come back, I'm riding with that guy and, and, uh, the other dog guy and he, he, he says, well, where, you know, where was the track? And cause I actually found the tracks again before I got to that road. And he goes, where, where was the track at? And I said, well, it was down here by this culvert. I said, but I don't know where he crossed the road at. Um, and so, we drive over there and before we go find Casey, he, he parks his pickup cause he's, he's excited. I mean, he's a dog. He runs dogs. He wants to find the track, you know, and stuff. Plus he's got a hunter of his own and they don't have permission on either side of the road on that land. And I'm the only one that has permission, but so, you know, I'm with this other guy kind of wondering, well, you know, am I screwing something up here? But anyways, he wants to see where the track's at. Well, the track actually leads right through that culvert. The dogs chase that cat right through that culvert that I was going to go sit in when I was freezing cold. <laughs> so Yeah. So I walk through, I mean, I walk through that culvert, walk down there and I find the tracks through the culvert. I'm like, well, here he is. This is where he went through. But I think back to uh, the fact of when I was cold and thinking about going to sit in that culvert, what if those dogs would have, you know, what if that cat would have doubled back and the dogs would have, you know, chased that cat back through that culvert when I was sitting through that culvert, that would have been a, uh, a, uh, <laughs> I don't know what you would say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Man, so I want to kill a mountain lion, but that is like I could imagine <laughs> the adrenaline. Like you're you're out there, that thing could kill you, like anytime. You know, what I mean, you're oh. out there hunting something that is quicker than you, faster than you, can move through the snow way better than you, deadlier than you. You know, what I mean, like it, there's a lot that could go wrong. You're like, yeah. you're in his element. He's good in that stuff. You know, what I mean, and you're like, <laughs> shit. You, you how fast you're gonna move in thigh deep snow like <laughs> yeah no yeah you're not gonna move at all you're literally just gonna you're like cat lay down and, out there bro <laughs> yep <laughs> lay down and lay down and take it you're know? like a bag <laughs> of jelly donuts it's about to slaughter like, i'd be good until that first arrow because then i'm like 
all right, I just pissed him off. That's all I did. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, now he's pissed. Yeah, oh, my God. When he ripped it out and growled at you, I'd be like, all right, what, what do we got going <laughs> yeah, on like, here? All right, who's got the gun? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep, no, that was that was my deal. Like, the first era, like I said, I hit him high, and, and he, you know, he jumped, and he was kind of, you know, it, it was a hit, but it wasn't a vital kill, you know, kill shot that first arrow. But you could tell I pissed him off right away then. And then, then Trent's yelling at me to get, grab a second arrow. And I grabbed the second arrow and the second arrow ends up being the kill shot. But, uh, you know, he he's fighting it. I mean, he, you could tell he's getting sick, but he's fighting. And then when he rips that arrow out, yep, that was uh, <clears throat> that was a whole different deal there, man. My, was he uh, screaming my, and growling and all kinds of stuff? He he growled. Um, there was never no no real screaming, but he oh. he definitely growled and opened his mouth. And when he when you see that, you're like going, "Oh my oh, god!" Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, "You're fifty. Stand, one jump, he could away. just slaughter you." You know what I mean? Yeah. Yep, yep. So, but yeah, we were we were a mile away before we you know when I got in with that guy, and thank God he uh, helped me out and stuff, and and uh, got me back with Casey, you know, and stuff, but. But yeah, it was. I thought it was a done over deal there. Um, but um, when we got back with Casey and found the dogs, could not believe that those dogs. I mean, you know, we I took a couple pictures and I, the the guys were like, well, I was taking pictures and I told Casey to get in there and bring the dogs and he's like, oh no, it's not you. You take the pictures. It's your glory and stuff. And I'm like, no, dude, get in here. These dogs are like, they're the ones that saved it. You know, they're they're the ones that did it. I mean you know what how that they stayed with that cat the whole time when i mean there was two hours three two or three hours probably went by with us not having a, a track on the dogs so those wow. dogs at some point they treated that cat and stayed with that cat for you know two or three hours without having any idea where their their owner was um you know to call them off the tree or or to back them out or anything so pretty amazing deal you know not you know never been around a dogs chasing cats like that but finding that out or knowing that what they did, um, you know, I, 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 I owe it to the dogs, you know, kind of thing that they, they, they're the ones that actually did the, you know, the whole hunt, you know, yeah. kind of things. So. Sure, man. That's, but, that's super exciting hunt, man. Like I said, I'm super glad I had you on that. I was getting a drill and rush just listening right? to it. You know what I mean? I'm like, <laughs> Oh man. Yeah. Definitely. So yeah, we get, we get some pictures taken and, and, uh, all that stuff, the hooping and hollering. And then, and then it comes to the point where they say, okay, Scott, well, you ready to carry this thing out? And like I said, walking back in there, snow deep all the way to your knees, you know, this little ravine Creek bottom and stuff. And, and, uh, I thought they were real, uh, telling me that I had to carry it out on top of my shoulders. And I was like, I kind of looked at them. I'm like, are you guys kidding me? And they're like, no, you know, lift the cat up and, and put him on your shoulder. Why? When I was lifting him up, taking pictures of him, I'm like, you know, he, I mean, he ended up weighing 141 pounds, but, um, he was an eight and a half year old cat is what he was estimated at. Um, Tom. And, uh, the last time that the game of parks had actually trapped him or, or had contact with him was, uh, back in 2018. And they estimated him at six and a half at that time. And how they estimate him is based on their gum line, I guess, or whatnot. And, and they actually put a collar on him at that time when they, they, they trapped him. Um, and then two weeks later, I guess I get the story, you know, when I get the, when we get the cat out and everything, um, people start texting me because his nose is unique. He, he, uh, you could, if you see the picture of his nose and stuff, he's, he's a fighter. He's been in a lot of fights and stuff. And I get a, I get a message from, uh, one of the, uh, I guess I would say not biologists, but these, these people, these gals that actually helped the biologists tree these cats and been doing the study and stuff. And she sends me a message. She goes, I'm pretty sure I got, uh, 
I got your cat on camera. And uh, this cat actually uh, was, you know, you guys don't know the area and stuff, but people can look this up and stuff. But this cat was actually on camera back in 2016 in the Shadden Creek Ranch area, which is south of the Shadden State Park. And I killed this cat uh, probably four and a half miles north of Hay Springs. Um, so from that point, you know, cutting across the ground and whatnot, that's probably at least 25, 30 miles. Um, yeah. So he traveled that far from 16 to 2018 where they, where they collared him at, but they collared him in 2018 and he was known as the, uh, the M 57, uh, cat, um, the Tom. And then, but then when they collared him, they retagged him cause he had ripped out his tag. Um, and so they retagged him to the, the NE 37 tag. So I actually have that tag, um, which is pretty neat. You know, they, they get the, the taxidermist pulled it out, but we're, we'll put it back in the cat when we get it mounted and stuff. But um, they collared the cat there, like I said, in 2018. Well, two weeks later after they collared it, um, the tracking device on the, on the collar wasn't moving. And so they went out and they uh, tracked that cat down. Well, what they come to find out was the cat slipped his collar during a fight with another Tom that, and he killed another Tom. Um, so there was another Tom cat laying there. His collar was laying there. And, uh, and then there's, there was another dead Tom laying there. Dang. Um, man, you got a savage, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> so I had you know, I'm not thinking of it, you know, these mountain lions, I, I never had thought of, you know, they are a cat species you know, like, you know, around your house, you know, you have Tom cats and you hear them fight and stuff and they fight for dominance and territory and stuff. Never really thought about it. You know, mountain lions being the same way, but that's, that's what they are. I mean, they, they literally have a, a home range area and some of the home ranges they'll travel um from what i you know heard and from talking to the different people up there that's been doing these studies they'll travel 15 20 miles and sometimes 15 20 miles in in an in, an, in a day's time is what they'll do um and uh so long story short he uh uh they estimated him at six and a half um at that point they thought he weighed probably around 160 pounds um and what they kind of consider as a, a full grown Tom or a full grown large cat, um, is like 170 pound, 180 pound cat. Um, so he was probably around that 160. They thought being eight and a half years old when I weighed him, he weighed 141, but, uh, they were telling me that on an empty stomach, which this cat, I mean, we tracked for six and a half, almost seven miles. And the whole time we were tracking him, when the dogs were tracking him, he was on deer tracks. He was on elk tracks. Um, so he was out hunting is what he was doing. Um, so he was on an empty stomach. They said on a, a cat on an empty stomach and a full stomach would, will fluctuate by 20 to 25 pounds. Um, so weighing 141 pounds when I killed him, he was on, on an empty stomach. Um, so, I mean, he's literally 160, 170 pound, pound cat. So he's like a full grown, you know, full size, you know, right there at that top of the line, you know, prime cat that I killed. So nice. pretty amazing deal there, you know, yeah, finding that super stuff amazing, man. So, but I don't know how you get more epic of a hunt. I mean, it was only one day, but still one day. Can you imagine waking up the second day after all that <laughs> shit? Oh, <dude. laughs> You're like, no. I get to go do this again. You know what I mean? Uh. Well, yeah. Well, speaking of that, so, um, so yeah, then, then, you know, we get the cat drug out, um, take a bunch of pictures. Everybody's looking at him, you know, stuff, go get him checked in with the game in parks, you know, do all the data stuff. Um, you know, get the tag punched, all that stuff. And, uh, so then the, the plans were to go to the, 
they call it the skinning shed, I guess, where Casey and, and Trent always have skinned all their deer and all their animals the whole time that they've grown up in that area and stuff. So we go to this guy's house and we are going to actually start skinning the cat. And, and, uh, I kind of looked at Casey's a butcher and, and uh, I looked at Casey and said, well, you're going to start skinning him. And he goes, no, dude, you're skinning him. I'm like, I don't know how to skin a cat. I'm, I want him full body mounted. I don't know how to skin him. So I actually got myself talked out of because I called my taxidermist or a guy that I was going to actually have mounted, um, Todd from uh, Master, uh, they call it Masterpiece Taxidermy. And and uh, he goes, oh, no. He goes, don't skin it out. He goes, if you can get it in a freezer, freeze it for me. He goes, I would prefer to skin it out myself. So so we ended up uh, calling around and finding a couple people or a couple guys that would actually clean out their freezer to put him in and uh and just drinking a bunch of bush lattes that night and uh so the next morning comes around and i actually had left some stuff at where casey was staying there and chattering and i called him and when i woke up and i told him i said hey uh, i need to come over and get my contacts and a couple things and because i can't freaking see and and uh don't have my glasses so i actually drive over there and by the time i get over to his house um or his mom's house where he's staying at he uh he says i got a call from the, the guy that uh, the other dog guy that i got in with and he goes, they found a track not too far from uh, where this Tom had crossed the road by the culvert. They found a track this morning. And uh, they want to know if they can get permission to get on that land. And, and so Casey goes, let's go. And so I jumped in the vehicle with him. And I had my, I had switched out of my hunting clothes. I literally had jeans on and uh, my freaking cowboy boots um, being wore out from the first day and stuff. But we shoot up to Beaver Creek Road and... Uh, they found this track. Well, we get them permission to go on the land that I had permission on. We found them, talked to the landowners. They uh, they turned their dogs loose, and within 30, probably 30 minutes, we hear a shot go off, and and uh, this guy's actually hunting with his gun, and he kills a female. Um, and uh, so we decide to start walking back in that snow while Trent and Casey wanted to walk back in there. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, I am burned out. I don't want to walk around. I got my cowboy boots on. <laughs> and so sure enough, I. Uh, started hiking back in there and I'm glad I did because we got back in there and we actually started helping drag this cat out, but we come up and it's a female, it's a smaller female. I think she weighed like 98 pounds is all, but we're dragging her or he's, they're dragging her out and I'm helping carry this guy's gun out and stuff because they have, you know, some other things that they're all wore out just like I was. And, and, uh, well, they dragged the cat right by her kill site. Um, talking about a, uh, you know, when the, the, the neck, the hair on the back of your neck stands up, um, you go by that kill site after me killing this Tom and then, and then dragging this female out and stuff, even though that you, you kill these cats and you got dogs around and you got guns and stuff, but you're standing by this kill site. I mean, it's a fresh kill site. It's a deer, deer leg hanging out. And the, the female had, you know, this cat, cat had buried the, the deer that she had just killed that night. And, uh, you could see, I mean, it just was crazy where, where, she, where the red meat was, she was just eating on and stuff. And you're looking around, looking behind you and everything, freaking out, kind of going, holy crap, is there another, another line around here that's going to pounce on us? So, but, uh, so I got in on a, on a second hunt actually that, that next day, you know, deal. So that, that was, was awesome. A, yeah. A, a neat deal there too. So, and the guys but, that do that all for guiding, gotta love that shit out there in the wind and snow and shit out there. But I'm sure it's a rush like no other, like, ultimate high you know what i mean it's just hunting a predator it's just like cow hunting but 
like you're safe. You're like, ah, coyote sees me, it's going to run. But like a mountain lion <laughs> sees you, ah, shit, you better, I don't know, man. You got to be ready. Yeah, yeah that, it's going to charge you. 140 pounds, it's going to be like, man, that thing looks like a tasty deer, you know what I mean? They see yep. my plump 200-pound yep. ass out there. They'd be like, man, I'll be able to eat for a week <laughs> on that shit. <laughs> yeah, no, it, uh, I'll have to send you that picture because, like I said, you know, you see in the snow piled up and that and that deer leg hanging out and that red meat sitting there. Like, it just makes oh, yeah. the hair stand up on the back of your yeah. neck, even though that you just got to kill them. I and you have dogs around, but, I mean, it's still – you're still, like, going, holy crap, I could, I could be uh, – I could be – you know, that, that, that next kill for that next lion at any point. <laughs> so, Damn. well, man, we, so. we appreciate you telling your story. That was freaking epic. And coming on here and spending some time with us, man, I, you told a really good story yeah. and I was like, I was hanging on the <laughs> edge of my seat the whole time. So like I said, we just got such small tidbits of this. I know everybody in the snap group is going to be jacked to, to hear this one. And I mean, mountain lion, something we never covered. So you're the first for that. Yeah, no, it uh, it was an epic hunt, that's for sure, once in a lifetime kind of thing. Uh, you know, the the great thing about it is I can actually reapply and and maybe try to draw a tag again, but I don't think it'll ever happen. But uh, um, you know, I I'll definitely reapply again. But like Nate, I I told him I said, dude, I said you gotta you gotta apply to draw a tag, so because he keeps telling me I'm lucky and stuff. So I'm like, say, hey, hey, you gotta apply to draw, you know. <laughs> so. Well, you want me getting the next one mounted? I know that. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna have one on each corner facing each other snarled Shit. up yeah 13 yep. grand no. in taxidermy yeah, 13 grand <laughs> this is not big deal. So. yeah no it uh yeah 39 or four thousand dollars is the starting point at the you know getting the getting them a full body mount and then and then about another two thousand dollars just for the habitat and stuff that uh todd said he would charge you know he's gonna charge me to do it i mean he's done my quite quite a few mountain lions i mean he's he's top of the line, you know, tax has been doing it for, you know, years since he's like 14 years old. So, so I am paying for his expertise. I mean, there's probably guys out there that are cheaper that would do it, but, uh, you know, it's a once in a lifetime thing and I want to get it done right the first time, you know, kind of thing. So, yeah, I'd, I'd uh, hate to get a coyote done and let, you know, like you always see like a screwy eyeball or somebody gets a bobcat done. The eyes never look good, yeah, you know, smiling or like, something. they look like they're, pay, you know, cat in the headlights kind of deal. Yeah. You know, like paying the guy to do it right and have it look actually lifelike i mean that's the right move yep yep so so yeah it'll be he said he'll have it it'll take him probably about a year to get it done uh he said he'd have it done probably by he sports the banquet there the nba um um, he's there every year has a booth set up for his uh, taxidermy business so he said he'd have it done by the time the banquet is next year and he'd display it there the first year or first or you know first time and then we'll get it taken here to my house and and go from there so so I've got some time to start saving up for it. I just gotta, I gotta sell a bunch of, bunch of next level, I guess. So, <laughs> sure. <There you> go. <laughs> so, but yeah, no, it's a, uh, it was a pretty, uh, pretty epic hunt, you know, a bucket list, I guess I can check off that. Uh, I uh, thought I was going to have to, uh, you know, go out to Colorado, Wyoming to do, and I actually uh, got it done here in Nebraska. So I guess kind of hit a couple real quick points here in Nebraska, you know, the bull elk tag is once in a lifetime tag. It, you, if you draw that, you can never draw a bull elk tag ever again here in Nebraska, especially or if you harvest one, I guess. If you draw it and don't harvest, you can reapply. So that's a tag that I, I can never uh, get again. Killing a mountain lion in Nebraska with them only giving four tags out per subunit, um, you know, kind of considered once in a lifetime thing. So there's one other thing here in Nebraska that you can do um, uh, is uh, apply for the bighorn sheep tag. 
Um, and that's uh, every year, it's about 20 bucks just to apply for it and, and you know, just to get in for the drawing. So, so I guess that's my next thing is where I'm at. I, I, I've got to, <laughs> I've got to I've got to draw that tag, and so I can be the, the the one and only guy in the state of Nebraska that's ever uh, probably uh, that I know of anyway that's ever killed a mountain lion, killed a bull elk, cow elk, and a and a bighorn sheep. So <laughs> I didn't even know y'all had sheep there. <laughs> yeah, yep, yep, up there in the Pine Ridge where the cats are, there's there's bighorn sheep up there, and it's a it's kind of a study thing that they they've had them up there for years. They actually capture them, put collars on them, uh, trying to keep trying to get the population to grow. They uh, they're having a hard time, you know, saving the lambs and stuff, but they, uh, they do have sheep up there and they give actually one tag away, uh, per year for Nebraska. As long as there's enough population, big enough population, they'll draw one name, <laughs> one lottery tag. Wow. And, uh, and then they, then they auction one off if there's enough. So some, somebody out of state usually buys that pays 20, 30 grand for that, you know, and stuff. So, so yeah, if I draw that tag, that'll be, uh, That'll be that. Uh... Be like, all right, babe. It's another one of those things. I'm gonna be gone for 30 days this time. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit! Yep. That's for sure. So Trent actually, he's killed the bull elk and killed the mountain lion too. So, so he's he's the uh, only other one that I know that's actually where where I'm at cur- currently, I guess. So, so we both were talking about how how bad we both need a one of us needs to draw the bighorn sheep tags. So, <laughs> but I guess I can't say that. Uh, I, I can be any luckier, you know, I just, uh, it's, you know, uh, luck's on my side and I don't do anything special for it. You know, I just, uh, you know, I guess kind of pray that I draw the tag when I apply for it, you know, and it's always worked out for me. So, but, but like I said, told, you know, I'll say it again, you know, Nate, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta apply to draw. So <laughs> there you go. Put your name in the hat. Man, I wish this could be a Legend of the Woods episode because it's <laughs> I like was thinking about that highway through. Yeah, it's like it's just we've had like a like anticipated episode, like you're you're anticipating the hunt, you know what I mean? But uh, during this one, I'm like, this dude could just die right now. <laughs> like he's either gonna die of a heart attack, he's gonna freeze to death, or a mountain lion's gonna kill him. Like, and that's not that's like the one mountain lion. He's out there by himself. Like, you know how many mountain lions could be around there? <laughs> the whole time I'm thinking, I'm like, he's out there by himself. He could probably go about two mile an hour. If a mountain lion just comes out of nowhere, you're 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 done, bro. Right. You're, it's, it's just sleeking right through. Yeah, it's just sliding right on top of that. Yeah. You'd Crazy. seen in the snow, the tracks are like that deep. It's just like, you know, yeah. spacing out. It's not sinking down, but. Still. Yeah, man. Um, like you said, once in a lifetime. Two times for him, elk and uh, mountain lion. So, get out there and and chase those goals, those once in a lifetimes, and you're gonna leave a legacy doing that. I guarantee you that this this hunt's left a legacy on him that and his kids that they'll never forget. So, <sighs> white tail legacy's out. This is a good one. 